The following is rated S for spoilers. Where is my eye, Harold? Right here. Yes. I never expected two decorated soldiers to get knocked out of my own home. No, just one, sir. Oh, that's right, Mr. Woodman. You were too fast for Carlton. Hello and welcome to the Popcorn Hangover. My name is Alex. My name is Graham. And today we are discussing Amsterdam, the newest film from director-writer, writer-director David O. Russell, uh, starring Christian Bale, John David Washington, and Margot Robbie, among others, with the initial release date of October 7th, 2022, an estimated budget of $55 million, and an estimated opening weekend of $6.5 million. Graham, how's it How's it going this week? It's going good, man. It's going been good. good. Yeah, definitely... Uh, I'm excited for this one. I, uh, this is going to be a fun episode. Yeah, this is uh, <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of a, uh, in, inside baseball. Uh, I saw this movie before you did. You did, and I walked out of it, and I thought, you know, Werewolf by Night came out this week. Maybe we should just do this, <laughs> do that show instead. Uh, but I wanted to see what your thoughts were first. Um, and y- you you made a very bold claim. Yeah, which I think is actually pretty fair. I absolutely love this movie. Uh-huh. I was completely enthralled. I was so into it the whole time. Uh, I thought it was just incredible. Super mm-hmm. funny. Obviously, great cast. I honestly thought it was written pretty well. I like, apparently, among other reviews, uh, that's not the case. But uh, this, in my opinion, I'm being dead serious, actually falls in like like the top three movies of mine. This is literally like, so interesting to me, which is why I know, I know it really is. I don't know. I, I was kind of thinking through and like trying to really pinpoint and like figure out the exact things. And like, you know, like we always talk about kind of like with your standards, have you ever like, what makes a movie a good movie? Things mm-hmm. like that and kind of going over. And I mean, yeah, there's so many points. I mean, I don't know. I just, I loved it. I thought it yeah. was hilarious. Every scene was either funny or just so well done. I don't know. And a, a big thing too. I, I'm, 50 50 every time it comes to a big cast mm-hmm. because either you have a big cast in a bad movie yep or you have a big cast and it's a great movie i don't know mm-hmm. i thought that's how this was i thought everyone did fantastic and played did what they needed to do plus more sure like, i love this movie sure i mean yeah like my initial thoughts if i mean first gonna talk let's just go straight to cast like okay 100 the best part of the movie yeah. what was the cast um i christian bale is just he Phenomenal. was having so much fun in in this role. Yeah, uh, and I mean he's already a fantastic actor, so that's nothing new. Uh, John David Washington, love seeing him. Uh, yeah. he's. I wish he would do more things. I felt so. St- I could not pinpoint what he was from, where where I saw him last, and I was like, I know he's not like incredibly well known. Does it have like a whole list of movies that he's been in that are like top I mean, tier? He's got a lot of. He's done several movies. I, mean, I, mean, I was he's just done trying to think Washington like, what, like, son, so like. No, I know. I was just trying to think like what like popped in my head, but Tenant. Yes. Yeah. Main thing in Tenet, like, which was more recent. I was trying to think of, like what I would have seen mm-hmm. him in, and dude, yeah, love the guy. Yeah, He'd I really, great. I really want to see him in more things. Margot Robbie also did a fantastic job. Kills it every time. Um, I do have to say, uh, I'm a big fan of Sex Education. I've talked about it several times on the show, and like the female lead in that show is a, an actress called Emma Mackey, uh, and in the first season of Sex Education, she's like a punk kind of outcast girl and so mm-hmm. she has like blonde hair with like some pink dye in it and like looks strikingly similar to margot robbie's harley quinn 
and like people would call oh. her out on it and be like, oh, you like you look just like Margot Robbie or Margot Robbie in an interview talked about how like someone went up to her and was like, I loved you in Sex Education. And she was like, <laughs> I wasn't in that show. Um, and I thought it was like the Harley Quinn thing. Um, okay. And they look so similar that like Emma Mackey's in the Barbie movie, I'm assuming because they look identical. Um, That's but wild. Because to kind of, I think to get not make her confused with Margot mm-hmm. Robbie in season two and like later seasons of sex education. Yeah. She has, she dyes her hair brunette and there were several shots in here. I was like, Oh, that's Emma. Nope. That's not Emma Mackey. <laughs> like yeah. it was so similar. It was different seeing her with, I, I honestly cannot like picture Margot Robbie with dark hair with like anything besides blonde or color, mm-hmm. like in a sense of, yeah, like a Harley Quinn thing. And I haven't seen her in much, other than like kind of the roles like that. So like when she literally showed up on the screen, I was like, I know that's her. It doesn't feel like mm-hmm. her. It looks like her. And it was, and dude, she, yeah, she killed it. She was great. The three of them together. I mean, like who would have ever thought, like, I don't know. Like that's just it's, such, a, it's definitely a, a strange combination, but um, they were so freaking good. I want to be friends with all of them. Like yeah. literally want to like, know that they were good. <laughs> I, I didn't buy the chemistry between John David Washington and Margot Robbie, which is part of my problem. And I, think, I can agree with that. And I think a lot of that just has to do with with the with the story. Um, I'm, I don't know if it, if it hasn't been made clear already. I was not the biggest fan of this movie. <laughs> I didn't. I, didn't, I want to say it was bad, but like it just it just wasn't for Did me. Did it hold up to your expectations? Uh, yeah, and I think that's also part of it too. I have to acknowledge it. I did have expectations going in that were not. Okay really met it was very different than what i thought it was gonna be yeah um yeah i just the story was just kind of i didn't care for the story at all it was when i left the theater my brain like hurt like i just (laughs) i felt so exhausted trying to keep up with all of this stuff like oh we're gonna go oh no we're not going in that direction oh wait this isn't a whodunit it's like a political conspiracy like okay Overall, thematically, it wasn't really for me. I And I do have to acknowledge, like, there are some really great things. Uh, when you have a cast like this, I mean, again, everyone did so amazing. Um, and not even just, like, the main cast, but just, I mean, M- Mike Myers and Mike Sheehan oh, and, like, both just, like, we're playing off of each other so well. Um, Taylor Swift had an appearance, which, I mean. Not going to lie, I thought she was going to be in that way longer really? i i i kind of assumed that she was going to be in it about like the same length relatively short-lived i was not expecting her to be literally r- relatively short-lived, short-lived. That, um <laughs> i i think everyone i'm not kidding one lady was like a gasp like girl was shocked i was too because like i figured something was going to happen at that point in time, she's like oh i don't know if i'm being listened to i think i'm being followed and i was like okay yeah someone's out for her. figured maybe she gets shot or like quietly assassinated something like that mm-hmm Girl literally got hit by a truck. Girl literally got pushed in the street and hit by a she truck. She didn't get hit by a truck. She got run over. She got by a rolled. Truck. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's the thing. She didn't like bounce off. Girl was like crunched. Yeah, Those wheels bounce. That is a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. She was clipped pretty quick. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. They were just. Those are like definitely highlights for me. But like, Robbie Malik did a fantastic job of what he was oh given. But I gosh, just yeah. And and you heard it in the clip at the beginning. Like he, he just he was whispering, and I couldn't tell if he was trying to be a Bond villain again or like what his deal was <laughs> yeah um anya taylor joy was just kind of annoying uh i typically really like anya taylor joy but was not a big fan of her um i don't know overall and i don't want to blame those actors because those are all fantastic actors nah, i just fault. think that had to do with 
the script and the dialogue they were given. It, and it definitely does. Actually, well, I don't want to say that. I think it's the direction, quite frankly. I think that's the overall problem with the movie is the direction was just all over the place. And the thing that's just mind-blowing to me mm-hmm. is that David O. Russell also wrote the film. Yeah. So you would think that the two things would kind of go hand in hand. But I feel like the script was trying to do one thing and the direction was trying to go in another way. And I don't understand how that happened when the same person mm-hmm. did both of them. Right. <laughs> like, that it doesn't process very well. And we'll talk about David O. Russell more in a little bit. Yeah. Um, or, I don't know, we're on the topic. Let's just do it now. Um if you're not, if you're for audio listeners, whenever I mention the six point five million dollar opening weekend, uh, Graham Graham made a, a genuinely a face. shocked. So there's so there are some of these numbers I don't actually get to or normally look at until we record. Right. Uh, I'm not normally a big numbers guy. It is nice to know, especially when it comes to the reviews and stuff mm-hmm. and the ratings. Um, yeah, I was very shocked to yeah. find that with, out with with a a film with a cast like this. I was definitely expecting it to be higher. I know you said you saw it early this afternoon with mm-hmm. like nobody there. Yeah. Maybe um, 10 people. I even. saw it on a Friday night and there were not even 10 people there. Um, and we also, I paid extra for like the big special, like fancy version. Like Ooh. it was a big theater and everything. And like yeah. there, it was just, it was empty. Um, That's crazy. And I think it's a couple of reasons. Number one, smile has been absolutely killing it. The yeah. past couple of weeks, people are obsessed with that movie. It's it's Spooktober. Never going to catch me watching that. So so yeah, I under I, I understand it has some competition in that right. regard. Um, but I also wonder if part of it has to do with David O. Russell. Um, I I don't know all of the details, but he's got a a pretty uh, sketchy past. There's a reason that he hasn't made a film in I think eight years. Um, all sorts of me Wait, too. I think we've talked about. Okay, yeah, stuff. I think we mentioned that like I think months ago. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, just the two of us but like, so you started talking i was like i have no idea what's going on i, I do actually yeah, yeah there, there's a lot of stuff there if you're interested go look it up yeah. but i i wonder if that's part of it and i know a lot of people are really upset with kind of like a boycott of yeah uh, yeah they don't want to support support david or russell and i think people were really upset with like taylor swift and margot robbie and anya taylor joy who have all been very vocal about right feminism and women's rights and everything and that they would be in a movie like this uh being a movie made by someone who has that kind of past. Uh, so I wonder if like that all has to do with the low open as well. It definitely could. I mean, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I, that makes complete sense. I mean, most of the time you'd see them. I mean, really fans or people had a big deal with it. They normally go after the actors mm-hmm. and having that choice. But I mean, I like, I, said, I really haven't heard much drama or any, yeah. any main reason of why that would have bombed as bad as it did. Right. But that's definitely a solid. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a potential. Um, but kind of back to my overall review, uh, I do think the strongest part of this movie was the cinematography. Uh, it looked were, so good. There were so many shots where it's like, wow, this looks this beautiful, incredible. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's not a surprise when you hire someone like Emmanuel Lubezki, who's like one of the greatest cinematographers mm-hmm. of our time. Like, honestly, like put I'd put him like Roger Deakins and then Emmanuel Lubeski cuz I mean they're both fantastic. Yeah. Uh so I mean obviously the cinematography is going to be great. Uh I loved the color on this movie. I've seen a lot of reviews for like I hate all the sepia stuff, but it was new. It's not something you see a whole right. lot. It really fit the vibe of the 30s and kind of like this neo noir yeah. thing they were going for. Um so yeah, in terms of the way it looked visually, yeah. 
I was, I'm, I'm here for it. I was like pleased it, the whole time. I it loved, was so fun. I loved looking at the screen mm-hmm. the entire time. It Anytime was just, it was like nighttime New York, like they're like downtown alleyways, like just like all the clips from beforehand. Yeah. And then like uh, jumping back and forth between the century. I mean, you just, it was so, yeah, I loved everything about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, there were in particular the one that just like stands out in my mind, especially is the sequence when they're talking about how they are all friends in Amsterdam, and like there's yeah. just a quick montage, and just every shot was really, I don't know, it was just it felt very different, and it felt like a lot more fluid, a lot more fun, which is what that time in their life yeah. was supposed to be, and then we go to these other periods, and it wasn't, it was a little more static and closed off. Yeah. Um, Lots of pushes and pushing in, which got a little repetitive. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Overall, I loved I loved the cinematography mm-hmm. um, throughout the entire film, uh, and I will give them props for that. That's dope. Okay. So, so Graham, I have to ask. Okay. I I need specifics. Why is this like your top three favorite movie? Like I, I honestly. Uh, like I don't necessarily know, especially mm-hmm. compared to the other movies that I had in my top. Like my top three personally okay. have always it, it sat with La La Land was first, um, Whiplash and Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. Baby Driver's still up there. I don't know who I don't know honestly <laughs> where I would throw the end of the mix, but this just felt to me just like one of those. I just mm-hmm. literally the whole time I was just enjoying it, and like more or less from a personal standpoint, like I just enjoyed the whole like murder mystery kind of like whodunit style, but mm-hmm. also with like the, like, I think the whole idea where it was like some of this, most of this actually happened kind of in the beginning. And I was just like, I mean, obviously it's based off of little things, but like, yeah, it was just a sure. different spin on history and it's in a sense. So mm-hmm. a fun little tie in there, but I know it's something I don't have like any major, major specifics, but like mm-hmm. for those, those things that, yeah, make a movie, a good movie in my opinion, hit all the boxes. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed every single, every single minute of it. And I think honestly, like everyone in our theater did too. Like I said, people were gasping, laughing hysterically. Yeah. I honestly like, I mean, kind of like, I know we haven't got over like the ratings and scores yet, but like, it seems to me like for most of the, a decent amount of the audience that has seen it for like an audience score, like has come back relatively well. Mm-hmm. Um, now critics like, yeah, across the board on the majority of them has not done the greatest, but no, it has not. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, I, I don't know. I, I definitely see like what you're saying and I, mm-hmm. I can also understand why people would really enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, and I, like I said, like I just, I walked out feeling just tired and exhausted from trying to, and maybe it's just me, like just being me and trying to figure out like how, where this is going and what's going on and why they're doing the things they're, they're doing. Like there's a lot yeah. of stuff going through my head while I'm watching a movie. I can't just like sit there and, and enjoy what's happening. And I think like, and for me, a big thing with me personally, like is when a movie can do that, where I'm having trouble predicting where it should be going or what mm-hmm. like the traditional route is. And it's not there mm-hmm. at, I know at one point in the movie, I just gave up. Sure. And I was like, I'm just here for the ride. And I was there for the ride. And like yeah. the way it tied in at the end, and it really just rounded out the whole story. Obviously, it just didn't like leave any cliffhangers. It didn't like, <laughs> yeah. it can't. So it like, I don't know, it just rounded out really well. Like the whole movie, the whole time, like I got out of there and really was just like, yeah, that was awesome. Like that was just a fun little experience of a sure. movie. Like, I don't know, it just, and I think for most people, kind of like I said, from like an audience fan, which is general audience, who's not going to go into that critiquing the little things and really looking for those details that should have mm-hmm. been better. Because there is a lot that, Correct. From like, I, I do agree with a lot of what you're saying with the direction and things like that, but 
I just think if, if for someone who's just going in and enjoying it, like it was funny, it was great. Had a couple twists there at the end. Honestly, at the very end, I was like, I was sure the homeboys, the two spies, the bird bird boys. Mm-hmm. I thought they were bad. I don't know why. Apart see, from something that just always seemed off with them. See, so I, I was knew, like, hmm. I knew immediately that when Robbie Malk was like, oh, I can't tell you, but they killed some birds. I was yeah. like, okay, come on. Yeah. It's Rami Malek. He's trying to push them to the side. He's like mm-hmm. trying to get him off his tail, whatever. My my issue with that was like, it it was supposed to be a whodunit. Right. And that's what I was expecting. And then all of a sudden, the whodunit aspect was kind of just like a random thing that happened and it wasn't, it didn't really matter anymore. Right. Um, And it was just like, okay, I just spent 90 minutes following this whodunit and <laughs> that 90 minutes just doesn't, doesn't matter. And yeah, again, Which, maybe it's just me being me, but like the, and it was just so predictable at what was going to happen that I just didn't, I was immediately just like, okay, that felt like a waste of time. We could have just really made it clear that Robbie Malik was sketchy. And then, you know, um, kept on going. Yeah. And then I didn't like all of the military propaganda. I mean, support the troops. It's great. Right. Veterans get screwed over a lot and that sucks. Um, but I didn't need to hear about it every two seconds. Yeah. Um, I just, I didn't care. And I understand that's part of the actual conspiracy and the historical relevancy to that. Just in but, that time. Right. Yeah. But I, I just, I just didn't, I just didn't care. And that, that's the like, kind of the, reoccurring theme is I just didn't care about anything. I didn't buy the relationship between the three of them. Like really? No. Oh, see, I, that was a, that was one of my biggest, the chemistry between the three and just the way it the, felt my, like it would have, it actually would have been tied together and they had their little pact of friendship and had several years in Amsterdam. My problem is we got like a quick little montage of them, like dancing around and mm-hmm. being artistic and that's cool. But like, I never, we never actually saw them like, Go through ups and downs or go through. Yeah, we never saw them go through anything. They, they were had, just three people who were like on a mission. Like one, well, of, they, they know one of the most interesting things in the trailer that I was excited to see was like when they go to like Margot Robbie and John David Washington go to like the hospital and there's mm-hmm. like a shootout and stuff. And it's just a quick like 30 second deal. Like, oh yeah, we did this thing. And I was like, oh, that would, yeah, no, that, I know. If they would have, that would have been that, like really interesting. And that could have, you could have gone deeper into that. But they're like, mm-hmm. no, I found out who it was. But, I can't tell you because I didn't get a picture. So we're just going to like keep the suspense going a little bit longer. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, there is that aspect of like, just a lot of stuff. I just didn't really care about it. Never really things they went into detail on. It never really grabbed me. Yeah. I I would have liked other aspects of the story to be explored. Uh, The other big thing that just really, really bugged me. um, And again, this is, I think a directorial decision um, is tone was just all over the place. I couldn't tell if this was supposed to be, like a funny, you know, just a silly little thing, or if they were trying to be super serious. I'd say some things seemed like they needed to be like intense and serious. And then someone crack a joke and, and the, it would just had this lighthearted feel the rest of the time. And I was like, did we just skip that part? Yeah, I, I get that. I um, gotta see where you get that. And it's, it's fine to like in serious moments be mm-hmm. serious, but like when Taylor Swift gets run over by a truck, <laughs> very just like graphically and honestly kind of silly yeah. and everyone's acting kind of silly about it at the beginning of the movie. That's a pretty serious thing. Someone getting yeah. run over by a Straight truck like murdered. that. Right and then there. all of a sudden it gets like super serious when they're just like having a basic conversation about nothing. Like it was yeah. just, I didn't know how it was supposed to feel or like what was, you know, everything just felt off the entire movie to me. 
which clearly you you didn't feel the same way but i didn't that's like fine. i get i get that though i really do like saying uh-huh. that like i i i get where you're coming from with that and it doesn't really like it makes sense to feel that way especially with yeah with like the death because like here's like if if someone got like if there was a group and it could be definitely different back in that time, but like if someone gets run over by a car, especially yeah, like all like and they know it several times. Like if a, like a white female like dies, normally it's like causes big issues, especially if you know who did it and where it was done, things like that. But like there was just a group of people being like, he did it, no, he did it, I think you did it, I did it, and then a little fight breaks out, and then like, dude, not a single person tried to like move the car, get the body, call the co- like obviously the cops showed up, like it was just sure. a whole thing, and then the cops just started shooting in the darkness. Like I was just like. I feel like that is not at all how that would have played out. Well, yeah, like it was, it felt silly. <laughs> yes, I know. That's, uh, yeah. So I say, when it came to that, I was just like, eh, like I, I get it. I get where mm-hmm. you're coming from for some of those. But also, I think, I don't know, just like the silliness and just like the, I would never have expected it to play out that way. And then it did. I and I kind of like enjoyed it and the way it moved on through the rest of the story. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I feel like this movie really struggled to find its identity. Um, I couldn't tell if this was supposed to be like, a silly movie or mm-hmm. if it's supposed to be suspenseful or if it's a political thriller or if it's supposed to be like a romantic drama because there was just all of these elements and it's fine to have all those if you want to talk about how to do multiple that's, genres I mean, that, and that's things how I would, really that's well. That's how I would describe this movie though. This is a, a romantic right. historical drama. <laughs> I mean, give sure. it all the titles. But like, <laughs> if you want to see an example of how to do that well, go listen to last week's episode of RRR. <laughs> I was say. Uh, that was done brilliantly. But this was just... nothing was really given the time to really be what any of those are. Like they were just like little clips and previews Mm -hmm. of all of that. Yeah. But it was trying to be everything all at once. And you can't, Mm -hmm. can't really do, you kind of, you still have to segment and like, I don't know. I'm having trouble like putting it all like into words that make sense. But like with RRR, like the romance aspects of it are pretty much designated to specific scenes. Right. You don't get tons of romance. And then also there's like action, right? Right. Like in those two things can fit together, but like you're not having like an action musical fight sequence, right? Right. The musical aspects are kept separately from the action and they're able to blend well because of the story works that way and is able to blend them well mm-hmm. but this is a story that kind of quite frankly it should just be either a whodunit or a political thriller in my opinion yeah. and then you throw in these weird tonal things with romance and comedy and suspense and it's just it doesn't it's it's a combination that just doesn't mm-hmm. work very well and honestly a part of me For was me. thinking with and like i get that but like i'm thinking honestly a part of it like with this story and these characters like, I don't know personally how historically accurate this is. Like, with the three of them. with the I whole, looked into it a, a little bit. Like, were um, the three of them, those three characters? No. No, okay. I didn't think so. But I just no. didn't know, like, how much of, like, if there was a line they didn't want to cross. If there was some things they wanted to do but didn't do. So, they did a different route. And that was, like, eh, okay, it didn't work out as well as it could have. But, again, they just were, like, if they were. No, they. they I figured not. But David I just was just taking a moment in history and was saying, a this is something like I like to do whenever I'm like coming up with new ideas is like take, take a moment in history and say, mm-hmm. okay, like we know how this ended. How did we get to this point? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. He just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's just, there's just so many things that I, I could say. And I feel like I'm just a broken record about it all. Like, <laughs> just like, I don't know. I, I, I thought the movie is the movie is kind of about the power of friendship, but also with all of these weird mm-hmm. conspiracy Nazi undertones and military propaganda. And then like, I, 
wasn't really sure what to think about like Christian Bale and his wife. Like either she hated him or she loved him. She kind of went back. And I couldn't forth. tell why. I couldn't tell what was going on that. there. Zoe when Saldana homeboy, was in this movie, yeah. and I wish she was in it more because she was really too. great. She uh, was great for when she for what she did. She was amazing. But yeah, there was just I don't yeah. know. There was a lot of just. This was a very confused movie, in my opinion, yeah. and that caused me to be confused. Okay, and I don't really like walking out of movies feeling yeah tired and like my brain is gonna <laughs> just explode. Okay. Yeah, well, that's fair. That makes sense. That any, makes sense. Graham, do you have any final thoughts on Amsterdam? I kind of wrapping through. I mean, honestly, yeah, like I said, I enjoyed it from a general audience perspective. I think it's going to be one of those things where it like a big example I can think of when it comes to like, and this is more or less like reverse, I guess, but like take Inception, for example, like mm-hmm. as a movie, Inception is fantastic. Everyone loves it. Same thing with like Tenet necessarily too. Great movies. Okay. But for like the general audience, it can be like super hard to follow. Unless mm-hmm. you're really like looking for what you're looking to, I think if you reverse this, this is a great move for a general audience. If they want something funny, they want a good time. I would genuinely recommend this to everyone. I say go watch it, go see this in theaters, do what you want to do, have form an opinion, and definitely let us know because I'm very interested. Yes, but that's what I'm saying. Like I think it's yeah. If you're looking for the getting into like the details and the small things, like yeah, it's it's maybe not the best movie ever mm-hmm. made. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you enjoyed it. It's going on my list. I'm really proud of you. That was a really nice little segue into our next segment with general audiences and critic scores. Because, I mean, look, Graham and I have very polarizing. I think this is the most polarized our opinions have been for a movie so far on the show, surprisingly. And a lot of that just comes down to you're more of a general audience kind of person. I'm more of like a critical, very thinker when these movies come through. And we're just going to, but we're going to talk about that. Like, what is it that critics are looking for in movies versus what a general audience might be looking for in a movie? And we're going to dive into that next segment. We are back discussing Amsterdam and talking reviews because uh, yeah. that's what we do every week. That's the point of our show. Um, that's the whole point. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a critic. You're more of just a, a guy. The general audience. You're just an everyman. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, if you listen to this last segment, you're going to realize we had some very polarizing opinions and we very purposely didn't mention, uh, go into all of the critic and uh, audience scores uh, because they are quite polarizing. Uh, Rotten yeah. Tomatoes is a 34% Craig score, a 61% audience score. IMDb has a 6.2 out of 10, and Letterboxd has a 2.7 out of 5 rating. Um, and the thing like to think about there, the reason I include all those numbers, A, Rotten Tomatoes has a critic and audience. Mm-hmm. IMDb is very much a general audience kind of place because everyone uses IMDb. Right. Uh, Letterboxd, some people on there are crazy movie buffs like myself. So you're going to get would more consider of, critical. You're going to get right. more of a critical reception more, I don't know, amateur critic, I guess I'll put it. Uh, yeah, they don't get paid for of, it. Kind of view. Yeah, right. They don't um, to look for. So you're kind of seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of very polarizing numbers between critics and audiences and between different scoring sites and things. Um, I just want to, and I don't know, the part of this discussion is also coming from uh, a conversation we had uh, recently uh, where we were talking about Don't Worry Darling and everyone was all upset about our different opinions. And one of them mm-hmm. was like, I know why like, I like and I and don't like it, but like, why from a critical perspective, like, what is like 
why is it bad from a critical view? And like we talked about it and I really thought like, yeah, like there are definitely different aspects yeah. on how people are looking at movies. Cause it is art and it is, and it is subjective. Right. Um, and I mean, I like La La Land and I have all sorts of reasons for why I love La La Land. Yeah. Uh, other people might say their favorite movies like Billy Madison. And I'm just like that. I mean, it's a, it's a great movie. It's, it's a very fun movie, yeah. but it's not, it's no La La Land. Best, I can, not I can give close. you that much. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I kind of broke down uh, a few like different aspects that I feel like a lot of people are always talking about when it comes to reviewing movies, like mm-hmm. regardless. Um, and I don't know, we'll see what I'm looking for in these things and then what you're looking for in these things. And maybe we can kind of find like, I don't know, a middle ground as to like the yeah. difference between audience and critical, critical, like I'm down dude. thoughts on yeah. movies. Um, so the first thing, and I think it's the biggest thing is story. I mean, movies are just stories. I, I think it is the greatest form of storytelling. Um, Graham, when, when you go into a movie, like what are you looking for in terms of story? What makes a good story for you? What makes a bad story? I think it depends. I have two ways of going into movies. Uh, and I think a lot of people do, mm-hmm. uh, for some movies, uh, when they have major hype, think of like end game, infinity war. I think infinity war, you never watch a trailer, correct? <laughs> I did not. Yeah. No. And I, I, f- there's been very few movies I've ever done that for Marvel movies. I normally watch trailers consistently as they come out. I like to know things like that, but it really depends if I've seen several trailers and I'm really like, if I go in like expecting one thing based on what I've seen, mm-hmm. like for example, Jurassic world dominion mm-hmm. that I thought I was seeing a totally different movie. I was excited. I was going into the theater for that movie. I did not see that movie whatsoever. So it was different. Um, when it's movies like this, for example, Amsterdam, I did not hardly see any marketing for this movie outside of the theater, seeing other movies. I would see the occasional trailer in theater, which is normally relatively quick. It's just that like first ever preview trailer, Mm kind of like a teaser. Um, And so I was like, dude, that looks like it's going to have a great cast. That looks like it's going to be great. So I didn't have much to go into it on. I think those are kind of the two moods I have when I go in. If I'm like really expecting one thing because I've seen what they've shown, or I'm just like, yeah, that looked good at one point. We're going to go see it. Mm -hmm. And so either way, I kind of expect a story one way or another, but a lot of times I'm a little more open-minded, especially recently seeing these movies that I've either never heard of like RRR or Mm -hmm. things like that. I'm just, I really have recently learned to kind of have an open mind going into things because you really do, at least in my point of view, I've, I've seen it. I've seen been, been, wow. I've been able to enjoy them more Mm -hmm. than I normally would have. I think if I, you know, really try and expect something different that would have never come. Sure. If that, if that answers your question. Kind of. I mean, it answers the first part of the question. Yeah. And I think it, you answered it well. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so like what, what makes like you're going with open mind, right? Right. So like, what is something that makes Amsterdam a really great story and Jurassic world dominion, a bad story? Like, what is it? What are the things that are make something good? And what's like, what makes things bad? Um, I'd say kind of like, like kind of like I noted in the first half of this is like with Amsterdam, when it has a, a crazy story, that I would have never Mm -hmm. expected or put together on my own that I would have been like, Oh, I'm following along because I knew this was happening. If it has one of those, then it's kind of predictable, not like boring or that takes away my interest, but it's just, Mm -hmm. I have a different mindset while watching it. Uh, when it's like this and I was like, dude, I don't think I can predict something myself to follow along to. So I'm just going to just throw everything out that I could have thought of and just follow along. And mm-hmm. I ended up enjoying it more than I did. Cause I think if the whole time right. I was like, okay, they're doing this next. Oh, that didn't happen. I'd be like, shoot. And then I'm just sitting there like thinking my own thoughts in my own head. I'm not even paying attention to the movie, you know? And so that's kind of right. one of those things where I'm just like, if I go in with like a little more open-minded or I have a movie that's 
not not like it was super complex, but just something I just wasn't trying to predict myself. I ended up enjoying sure. it more. Um, but then you get movies like Jurassic World Dominion, where, like I said, I went in expecting something great. <laughs> honestly, uh-huh. the trailers were fantastic. Uh, whoever threw those together, a plus <laughs> to you. My gosh, you deserve a raise. Um, but I'm just saying, like, I think a lot of people are expecting a different movie, and you're going in, and as you're watching along, and you're just like, "What the heck?" Like, I was able to zone out during that movie. I did not care too much while watching that movie. Like, it was just mm-hmm. little things were just missing, and like, sure. not like I, ex- I mean, I did expect a different movie because I was shown, in a sense, like something that I thought I was going to get, but I didn't. Right. I don't know. They just definitely, like I said, having those mindsets can lead to the different appreciation of the story, I guess, either way. Yeah. Cause like I said, it's still subjective regardless of the movie you see. Cause like I said, if I would have had any actual clue of what this was, I think I still would have enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. if I had more of them, that initial like teaser trailer. Uh, but I guess we really wouldn't know, but yeah. 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 Okay. That, that's fair. Okay. I, I definitely understand that. And like, I can relate to that. And in, in some, in some aspects, uh, I don't know. Whenever I go into movie, I, I mean, I'll just refer back to what you said. Like, mm-hmm keep an open mind and like i think that's that's one thing that I, I, I definitely screwed up this situation for me a little bit was i kind of had an expectation going in and like it's mm-hmm. one thing like i do i try very very hard to watch lots of different types of movies people are always asking like right. what's your favorite like movie genre and i'm just like eh, i don't know like i all of them <laughs> they're like well, what do you watch the most and i'm like i i one week i'll watch like action movies and the next week i'm like let's watch period dramas and the next week i'm like let's watch a rom-com like it's just i don't know whatever i'm feeling that that day or you know i just kind of just do it do my thing right um but with that like there is you you do have to go into some sort of expectation i'm not going to approach something like a martin scorsese like gangster movie the same way that i'm going to approach a rom-com about romance and comedy um like those are two very different types of movies and so i'm going to go in with different different expectations i'm going to hold them to different standards Mm -hmm. um which i guess isn't so much about the story as it is just about like i don't know general uh whatever so for me like one of the big things and i talk about all the time is like i'm really big on structure Mm -hmm. um and a lot of people particularly like writers and things who think they're all like cool and woke or like, Oh, I don't use structure. Structure is limiting. Um, but I would disagree. I think it's very much needed. <laughs> uh, well, I, yes, it is needed. Like, but also like, I feel like limitation is what sparks the most creativity. Um, and so putting, you don't have to, I mean, you can deviate from the structure a little bit, but like right. there's certain elements that are just essential to telling a good story. And mm-hmm. it's not like a, that is not subjective, quite right. frank, in my opinion. Like, I know art is subjective, but there are certain things where, like, if you're looking at paintings, like, there are certain colors that do and don't go together. And right. sometimes if the point is to cause conflict, then, yeah, you might put colors that don't work together and right. that would create a different kind of feeling. So, yes, it's okay to deviate from structure or to not use structure to go different directions than traditional structures. But, like, you have to have – there, you have to – have a purpose for that if you're going to tell like a, a love story it, that's just you're just going to tell a very traditional love story but you want to do it differently mm-hmm. you can't it, you can't it's just right there you have to do other things beyond just what the story is to do something like that um and so like there's certain elements you have to have throughout a movie to tell us a, a good story um and so sometimes movies don't 
always add all of those elements mm-hmm. and that causes it to be bad. And sometimes it uses all those elements really well. But what I would say makes a story like especially good and particularly notable is when it, yes, it's following a structure, but it does find ways to deviate and to do things differently than, mm-hmm. than the norm, because there are no ori- truly original ideas. Right. And so when they're able to take, you know, you need to have point A, like you need to have your inciting incident and then you have to have your leaving home and then you do the mid midpoint and then you have like the conflict and the con- like the climax. You have all the like different points throughout the, the structure mm-hmm. when they can find ways to do those differently. Um, that's really great. And I feel like one of the perfect examples of using a normal story structure um, and just completely blowing my mind is what I think is Christopher Nolan's most underrated movie. It's called Memento. Have you, have you seen this or heard of I this? I have not. Okay. So Memento, the log line is, is, quite it's quite simple it's a man who has short-term memory loss is trying to hunt down the the guys who raped and murdered his wife i do know what this is pretty yes that's a pretty basic story and quite frankly when you break it down chronologically it's pretty basic but Mm -hmm. christopher nolan is christopher nolan so he a genius he did not do things basic and the problem he ran into is how do you how do you have a super suspenseful thriller when the main character can't remember how a conversation started when he gets to the end of it because he has short-term memory loss. And so his solution was, we'll tell it non-linearly. So the opening shot is him killing the guy who murdered his wife. And he, he that you would think that that should be the end of the movie, but it's the beginning. And it all goes backwards. Um, but also interweaved in that is black and white stuff. That's the beginning of the story moving mm-hmm. forwards. And so... Essentially, at the movie, you're seeing the end and the beginning slowly come together, and then the climax is technically the middle of the story. Right. And so, like, he's, he plays with all of the normal structural things. Like, he, he laid out a really great structured story, and then he just, like, flipped the order and somehow still made it work. Right. And it was brilliant, um, and that made a really interesting story. Um, something like Amsterdam, the reason why I think Amsterdam isn't the greatest story is I just, mm-hmm. like I said, I, I feel like it was confused. There wasn't, it was trying to tell a whodunit, I think, and then it switched to a political thriller, right. conspiracies and stuff, and it, it the story was just kind of going all over the place. I feel like it didn't know what it wanted to be, and so when it comes to structure, it didn't really know, like, what points were necessary, because in some movies, the climax is more important, and if you look at it, the 80s, for example, yeah, the climax of most 80s movies is the end of the movie. Karate Kid, for example, Danny wins the tournament, that's the climax, and then Roll credits. Yep. That's it. Whereas other movies, let's say a Damien Chazelle movie like Whiplash, you hit your climax and then you have another 20 minutes where he just keeps building and going, um, which yep. is a fun way to, you know, right. to take a normal structure and make it new and unique and interesting. Right. Um, so that's how I would kind of define like what makes a good story, what makes a bad story, the things that I'm looking for when it comes to story. I like that. Yeah. I like that. No, it makes and, a lot of sense. And, the way I'll tie like our two thoughts together is like y- you mentioned like, yeah, like, you know, something is just bad. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I feel like the difference is I'm looking more for why those things are bad. Whereas you're just kind of right. looking at, I don't like this. Right. I'll move on. Mm-hmm. Not that that's a bad thing. Cause I mean, it's, yeah. it's a movie. It's just people shouldn't mm-hmm. take it too seriously all the time, but right. Right. That's Which, advice and, that I'm not going to follow. <laughs> no. And I get that. And like, that's where I come from with like a lot of people. Like, I just see, you know, most families, if they were to hear a bad review 
they're going to save the money and they're not going to go see that movie. Yeah. If they hear a good review and it's not going to be from like necessarily a critic standpoint, it could just be a family friend. It could be just someone they know, coworker. And they're just like, dude, that movie was great. Okay, cool. That's enough. They need to hear just to go. Mm-hmm. And it could just be that one person's personal preference. Still might be good either way though. Cause they're not looking for, I know a lot of people do actually like pull up a Rotten tomato score like that. It has a huge impact on a lot of people's, whether they go or not. Um, but some people are just either want like more word of mouth more or less than like a critic review mm-hmm. where they're just like, yeah, they're getting paid to say that or they're, they're on the trend of hating it. Something like that. Like if it gets sure. bomb reviewed. So I don't know. I just think the general aspect is definitely the general audience. Like aspect is definitely something to take in mind. That's why I like, I really do like rotten tomatoes split where they give you both. They give mm-hmm. you kind of an idea of what to actually expect. If it is low on both sides, it's not even worth trying for. In my opinion. That's <laughs> sure. how I see it. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's fair. So that's story. Uh, the next kind of point that I feel like a lot of people mention is acting. Mm-hmm. And I've broken acting down into two categories. Okay. Because um, I feel like there's an element of talent of how well the acting was done, but I also feel mm-hmm. like there's an element of name recognition. Definitely. So when it, comes to, when it comes to acting, Graham, what are you looking for in the acting of a movie? I it really just like kind of like chemistry between cast. Mm-hmm. I like when, act, when people like when it seems like they would like actually have the conversations they're having when they actually like are able to have like banter with each other. And like, obviously Mm -hmm. I know that really kind of relies on like the writing and dialogue that they actually have to base off of. But like, you could definitely tell when like when two people hate you, two actors hate each other offset Mm -hmm. versus what they're showing up on film. Like it it does reflect some actors are good enough to hide it. Some are not. Yeah. Just go watch don't worry darling. Exactly. (laughs) Like that's literally what I'm saying. So it has nothing to do with like the actor necessarily themselves, but like if, if, and I think it goes for really anyone. If you enjoy your job, you're going to show up happy. You're going to enjoy what you do. If yeah. you don't, or something's triggering you that day or that whole shoot, you're not going to be reflecting anything of what you're, what you could be doing. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. And it's the actor's job to kind of like take that away. Yeah. Um, but big time. I mean, yeah. Like look at Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone basically play lovers like in anything. So in. many movies. Right. And they're always cast together uh, because they just have really great chemistry. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I say that's kind of what I always like, what I look for. Cause like I said, if you, yeah, if you enter a movie and it's just, you can really tell they are not having fun or even just like seeing a lot of like interviews beforehand, before a movie mm-hmm. comes out, there's a press release. There's several interviews. Like I want to see this group actually enjoy things. Like I'm sorry, like the big, the best examples I can think of is like seeing like Tom Holland and Zendaya and um, I can't think of his name. Isaiah is that his name. Isaiah? Who, Are you uh, talking about Jacob Battle? Jacob, I don't know why I thought Isaiah. For some <laughs> reason, yes, Jacob. Yeah, the three of them, like, all of their interviews are, like, they don't seem staged. They don't seem fake. They're genuine. Yeah. They literally enjoy each other's company. They are all friends outside of shooting Spider-Man. Like, that's what I like. When you have a cast that actually enjoys each other, it can only make your movie better. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big thing, too. But if you see, like, just, like, rough interviews, and, like, you could tell they do not care to be there, like, yeah, it's going to reflect in their movie, too. Sure. Sure. I mean, yeah, I would, I would agree with everything you just said. Like that's all, those are all important aspects mm-hmm. of it. Like just, I don't know, to take things further, I guess, like for me, it's all about believability. Like mm-hmm. w- that goes with chemistry. Like if I don't believe that you're doing, and mm-hmm. if I don't believe that you are this character, then I'm not gonna, Yeah, that's going to take me out of the story. Um, but another element too, for me is like, and I, I guess this also kind of just, carries on what you're saying is looking at who the actor is mm-hmm. and then what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like when I see Jared Leto playing a crazy person, I, 
I'm not impressed when he does it again because right. I've seen him do it a million times and right. he gets typecast and he's great at doing it, mm-hmm. uh, but he just does it all the time. Same thing with Joaquin Phoenix. Like it's just, yep. Unfortunately, coincidentally, both of them yep. play the Joker. Um, <laughs> I just, that wasn't intentional, but yeah. I guess that's how I made that connection. Yeah. But uh, for me, like I think one of my favorite actors right now is Andrew Garfield. And it just look at Definitely. last year, uh, he has the eyes of Tammy Faye where he's this super nice, he's yep. this preacher guy who's totally stealing money from everybody, but he genuinely thinks that he's like being a good guy. And you have Tick, Tick, Boom, where he's playing this starving artist. Dude. And then you have Spider-Man so where he's Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> there are three completely different roles with that require completely different things from him. Definitely. And I believe that he was that character every in, time in every single yep. role. Like I can't think Andrew Garfield and like, Every time I think Andrew Garfield, I think of someone different as opposed to like Robert Downey Jr. I think Iron Man immediately. Exactly. With him, it's like, oh, Jonathan Larson, Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. Uh, I forget the guy he played in Eyes of Tammy Faye, but that guy. Like, I I see him in so many different like characters because he's just really great at switching who he is and really making those performances believable. Yeah, yeah. Um, For name recognition... Is that something that like really like draws your attention? Because I know for me, like with a movie like this, we talked about it a minute, like mm-hmm. a little bit, like when I see a bunch of big names, I get a little scared, like, okay, mm-hmm. are they trying to like make some crap look a little shinier by giving it like these really, really big names? Like, yeah. does that, is that something that like draws your attention? It, it definitely draws my attention, but it also in the same boat absolutely worries me. Cause mm-hmm. like I said, it, it's, I don't think I've ever been able to like watch a trailer, see just a booming cast and be like, this is going to be incredible or this is just going to fail. When I see that, I'm just like, F, this is going to be 50 50. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go watch this movie and it is either going to be absolutely incredible or it's just going to bomb and it's just mm-hmm. not going to be fun. It's not going to be good to watch. It's just they're pulling obviously just off star power and nothing else. Like, right. It's, it's definitely. I would say it's a 50 50 for me. Yeah. Like it does excite me. Cause like I said, like dude, these actors like Christian Bale is it, killed in. Honestly, I loved him as Gore and Thor for mm-hmm. it was great. Seeing him in this was just like something totally different. And I'm like mm-hmm. seeing like, at first I see him come on and I, I still just see him. as like Bruce Wayne. Like, just, I see Batman. I'm just like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. Batman. And then like him talking and just playing this character in Instagram. It was like incredible. I yeah. loved it. He was fantastic. And there's just, like I said, seeing everyone else, come in and just play the roles that they were playing. They just did it so well. Mm-hmm. So I just, yeah, it, in this case for me, they killed it. Every single person listed in this movie, I'm glad they were in it. Yeah. Cause I think they would have done great. I think sometimes though, too, a lot of movies though, I wish a lot of movies, I think I've mentioned this kind of before is I wish a lot of movies would take the chance on just the random actor. Mm-hmm. Cause like, obviously all of these people started somewhere. They got that one break and obviously they're doing great still. And I'd love to see right. everyone we like see all the time. Well, especially with a lot of like these roles, like mm -hmm. Taylor Swift's character could have been played by literally anyone. Exactly. Exactly. Like Mike Myers. Like, yeah, I love seeing Mike Myers, but Mm -hmm. also like literally anyone could have done that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it could have. And I don't know, maybe with an insignificant role like that, where the character is so insignificant, I guess it does kind of make sense to have a big actor because it keeps your attention more when it's like, oh, hey. It really kind of helps. It doesn't hurt anything. I guess, yeah. But that too, like say you pull someone, like pull a nobody, give them this role, they bomb. 
it's so short, it's not going to hurt your movie necessarily. That. But then also I wonder, to go back to like the, what I was saying about Emma Mackey earlier, like she's not an unknown actress, but right. she's definitely not Margot Robbie. No, like, exactly. And exactly. they're very similar actors. Like what if they did add Emma Mackey in there? Like would, would the movie really be that different? I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's always just a toss up in the air with that. Yeah, like I, said, I, I wish like especially yeah, like you said with movies like this, like I do understand like when it comes to some just bigger movies, like I just always jumps about like Marvel movies or something. Like of course they're not just going to necessarily take like an absolute nobody and throw them into the some massive role in today's time. Recently, I mean obviously I mean, that's where not, a lot of these heroes got starts. Well, and that's and the disappointing thing too is because yeah, like and they've all nobody knew who Chris Hemsworth or Tom Hiddleston were before Thor, and now look at them. Mm. Uh, it's really same thing with Miss Marvel. Like she didn't really yes. play in it, much of anything. I think. Yeah, they're yeah. Like yeah. Amon Vinalani is is new, but that's just because she's young. Like I right. That's I, true. I, I really the yeah. thing I really hate about Marvel right now is there's all these big fan castings, and we need this person to play this guy, and this guy to play yeah. this other dude. And it's like okay, but remember how it all started when nobody knew who these people were, right? Uh, like, and now look now, and they're all fantastic, yep. uh, and the roles that they're in, like, yeah, I. I, I agree with everything you're saying. The, the one, the one thing I've noticed about myself is that I've definitely been, like gotten a really bad habit of getting excited by like big names. Yeah. Like this movie, like it caught my attention because I was like, "Whoa, that is like everybody's mm-hmm. in this movie." Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I've started to get into a habit of like, "Oh, if all of these actors are gonna literally put their careers, uh, their morals, in the yeah. case of some of like the female leads uh, to work with this director, it must be really fantastic." Um, right. It just make it just gets and it you wasn't thinking. so I don't know I don't know why they made that decision they must have I mean it did have a fifty five million dollar budget so I guess I guess a lot of that money I went feel like towards forty paying million of that actors. was for actors yeah yeah um, I uh, really hope they didn't take I'm surprised a, it's not bigger I'm surprised it's not a bigger budget with the actors that they mm-hmm. did have yeah I feel but like, like a Robin lot Malik of is like expensive Robert De Niro I'm sorry like I yeah but a lot of but a lot of those deals especially for the main cast I imagine are going to be based true. on box office that's true um so. That's fair, unfortunate fair. for them because I don't think it's going to do any better. <laughs> Very unfortunate. Um, <laughs> last thing that I, I want to talk about just because yeah. I'm I'm curious. Yeah. For me, I can't not like watch something and admire how it's made or wonder how it's made. I love BTS type stuff. I love like the Marvel mm-hmm. assembled series on Disney Plus. So good. Um, like Euphoria, for example, I think is a fantastic show. And quite frankly, I don't care about the story. Uh, the acting is good most of the time. But the reason I love that show is because the technicality of everything that Sam Levinson does to tell the story is yeah. just mind blowing to me. And I'm like, how did they do that? Oh, how did they light this? This was cool. That camera movement was cool. How did they do that? Why did they do that? That's a lot of things going through my head when I'm watching things. Do you even like notice like, oh, the camera is like pushing in. So that means this or the camera is doing mm-hmm. this or, oh, they lit them this way. Like, are those things that you think or that you're looking at or notice? It's, Does that change the experience for you at occasional all? Occasional shots. It's more or less just <laughs> for me personally. Like I, I don't ever focus on those things, to be honest. Right. I don't, it's not something that will like change my full opinion on a movie. If I actually pick up on something, I'm more or less like, ah, nice. Like I'm a little impressed with myself more or less, mm-hmm. but um but I definitely do notice them, especially when a shot is just shot at a certain angle or a certain way. You're right. Something's lit in a different way than it normally would. It just like kind of catches you off guard. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely pick up on those. And I really do like, I think I, I think I've had, I have the, I know enough to be impressed when I see it. Sure. And it really just helps my, 
like right my thing i'm not looking like oh i hope they do a shot this way and then it doesn't happen that way and i'm just like dang that's trash like mm-hmm. i'm never like hoping to see a certain shot but if i see something and i'm just like that is beautiful that great 10 out of 10 yeah it just makes my experience better yeah for me uh it's the complete opposite because <laughs> like i said i can't help but not notice it and so like, yeah. like there are times where i'm just like they'll something be set up and then they'll do some weird shot i'm like why why did you why'd you do that why mm-hmm. why did you frame it that way that was ridiculous it would be better I mean, if you did it this way or like definitely why especially with editing like why did you cut there why did you not cut there like what what's going on like why is this a long take and then there's a random cut in the middle of it mm-hmm. um like that's all stuff that i notice yeah. all the time and i'm obsessed with and it quite frankly can make or break a movie for me um i do think that story is like number one but i also think that the technical aspects the reason I think that mm-hmm. movies are the greatest form of storytelling is because all of those technical aspects have to work together to elevate that story and to tell Definitely. that story in the best way possible. And so while yes, story is a major chunk of what makes a movie good or bad for me, but like yeah. the technical aspects of it can either destroy or save a movie. Cause I've seen mm-hmm. that in several for example, euphoria. I don't really care for the story too much other yeah. than the stuff with Zendaya in it. Like her story is really great. Other, every, other than that, I just, Right, I don't care. Um, but the the way that the story is told and the way that they're using all these elements of filmmaking to tell that story makes it one of my favorite shows of all time just because it's just, it's brilliant yeah. storytelling, even though I don't really care. And I think some of this stuff is kind of <laughs> lazy and ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but in this case, like, I think I liked it as much as I did because the cinematography was incredible. Some of the stuff they were doing, I loved the color of it. Like, there, I don't know. The technical aspects can make or break a break, make yeah. or break a movie for me. Um, I think to some degree, I, I do agree with that. Because in some mm-hmm. cases, though, like for me, for example, I don't have the amount of knowledge and like right. and just overall experience of what you guys have seen and like what a lot of the guys you know, we talk with and go over things with, like pick up on. So if I do ever see something, I'm just like, yikes! Like, why did they do that? Mm-hmm. I always second guess that opinion because I'm like, am like would I have done that differently? It, would everyone have done that differently? Like, is that from like a, like from a critic standpoint being like, that should not have been done. Or is that just me personally being like, eh, didn't enjoy that, but everyone else did. So I just always sit there and kind of like second guess. I'll see a few things, but there are definitely some of the things out there that I'm just like, yeah, that was, that was the money shot. Like good for you. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's the category where you get a lot of the discrepancy between critic and, and just general audience because general audiences, they, yeah, they don't have the knowledge and quite frankly, most of them don't care what focal length the lens was at or what aperture they were shooting in or the shutter speed was different here than it was here. Why is that? Like they don't care. They don't notice. They don't pick up. They don't know it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's yeah. They just don't understand how that works. And I mean, I don't understand how cars work and I'm just like, yeah, they go, they, they go and they put gas in it. I press the pedal. She goes. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, that's all I know. (laughs) If it breaks down, I'm screwed. Um, so yeah, there's, I think that's the biggest discrepancy there, but also those other things are important. And I feel like we had some slightly different viewpoints on how we, how we saw things. Yeah. Uh, I do think at the end of the day though, it's just, it all just comes down to like the experience. Like it, it, they are stories and it is art and some people like things and some people don't like things. And if I like something that you don't like, like that's mm-hmm. cool. And if you like something that I don't like, then like good for you. Yeah. Like, I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't waste your money. Um, yeah. on on watching that movie. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I mean no that that really does break it down cuz like especially with experience like 
like everyone goes to movies like for like i it always blows my mind too because like some people that are just like oh like i'm not feeling a movie like dude if you ask me to go to the movie i'll go to, i'll go see any movie. i don't mm, not any money i won't see horror movies i'm not a big <laughs> horror guy but like yeah, if you're like hey we should go to the hell no if you're like hey let's go to the theater like yeah i'm gonna go i love the theater. i know i'm gonna have a good experience but some people just like do not care to sit in a dark room with 10 to 50 people watching the same movie mm-hmm. a movie they can't pause a movie if they go to the bathroom they're gonna miss like some people just hate the experience I don't understand that, but like, that's crazy to me. Or like some people really just go so they can sit in a dark room, focus on one thing and get away from everything else. It's like an escape more or less. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it just with that, having that kind of like freedom and flexibility of what, uh, like the experience that can be provided with these movies mm-hmm. as well as just like the subjective and like just your own, in, not interpretation, but like what you get out of the movie yourself. Like, Everyone is going to be different. Now, like I said, yeah. the biggest thing these—I mean, these scores help everyone pick pick and choose what they would and want to watch for sure. Mm-hmm. And they're definitely needed. I'm glad they're there. But yeah, it always just blows my mind how like every, I mean, everyone's experience is different. You're all sitting there watching the same movie, but it's not the same to like everyone else, right? Which is, uh, it's nice. It is nice, and that's that's the beauty of art. Yeah. Graham, this has been a, a fun conversation. It has been. Uh, yeah. I, it's a rare one, for sure. Yeah, for we, sure. Yeah. yeah, but we just completely disagree on a movie. <laughs> uh, but, but it's fun. You've been listening to Popcorn Hangover. We've been talking about David O. Russell's Amsterdam. Uh, what were your thoughts on Amsterdam? Did you Are you on Graham's side? Did you really like this movie? Or are you like me and you just didn't really care for it? Uh, let us know on all the things. Instagram, TikTok, Patreon.com, slash the Popcorn yes. Hangover. Uh Graham, next week we are uh, we're, we're talking about a movie. Uh, actually, I take it back. We're not talking about a movie. We are talking about a show. I'm talking about a show. I was about to say. I was like, um, <laughs> what? Yeah, it's not a movie. It is a yes, show. Um, and if you've been following any episode of this podcast, and you can probably guess what that show is going to be. That's gonna. That's just going to be your your hint. That's yeah. that's it right there. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that next week and find out what that show is. Uh, other than that, uh, that's all I got for you. Peace. <laughs>